0: here we go, Swain Event, Swain Event.com Fueled by Dead End Barbecue, Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant in America 865 255 Alright Ben, we got it man, we got it we got it, we got it Good morning sir, good morning Good morning I would ask you how you are doing, but uh I know how you're doing,
1: so I'm good, <laughs> <man>. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry your morning started that way, but uh Glad to, to be back with you, and excited to talk some ball. You were, you were watching Missouri Boston College as I was leaving the studio to, to go listen to Josh Heupel speak yesterday. So uh, excited to start to get into this Tennessee Missouri game on on Saturday. That will be part of a, a two game stretch, a two week stretch that will, in my opinion, lead to defining Tennessee season one way or another.
0: Yeah, man, this is this is it. This is this is the biggest game. Um, of the season right now, really, maybe for both teams. Maybe for both teams, both teams are sitting at two and two, and Missouri probably felt like they could have uh, had a better outing against Kentucky and possibly won that game. Uh, Tennessee certainly could have had a better outing against against Pittsburgh and won the game. Tennessee beat themselves several times against against Florida, but both teams can. Probably say that they uh, should be in a better spot right now. At least, at least three and one,
1: for sure. And Missouri, they they came into the season with not high expectations, but there there were some some expectations set on them to, to take a a pretty nice step forward in year two of Eli Drinkwitz. Uh, Eli Drinkwitz is is a media darling because of his personality, the, the media really likes Eli Drinkwood. So I think that helped play into the uh, increased expectations going into the season, uh, just his, his personality and being so likable and, and his offense flashing often uh, and, and really exceeding expectations in year one. And despite an increased set of expectations going into year two, they, they haven't necessarily lived up to those expectations just yet. So that, that, to your point, is why this is probably the biggest game for Missouri as well, just because if, if Missouri can find a way to win this game, then it can get back on track to potentially reaching those expectations. If, if Missouri loses on, on Saturday, then Eli Drinkwitz and his Missouri football program isn't where people thought it would be coming into the season.
0: If you're gonna get the six wins, you gotta get this game, Ben. I don't. I don't know if there's another way around it. I, I really don't. Six. No, there,
1: there, there's not. I mean, that's why I mentioned that this is the most important game or part of the the two most important games on on Tennessee's schedule this week and next week defines Tennessee's season at Missouri, home versus South Carolina because of what you just said. Swing is. If you're going to get to six wins, you have to beat Missouri. You have to beat South Carolina. Obviously, there there are more games on the schedule, so theoretically you could win other games, but uh, these are the easiest, not that they are easy games, but uh, of the games remaining outside of Vanderbilt, South Alabama, the, these are the two that would really go a long ways towards getting to that six-win mark.
0: You put a lot of pressure on yourself. Um if you don't if you don't win this game because you you got South Carolina up next, you got old Mix Ole Miss, excuse me, Alabama, Kentucky, Georgia, before you get to South Alabama, before you get to Vanderbilt. So a lot of pressure on um the coaches, the administration because they know that how important this game is. Now uh, the players, I mean I don't think you understand like the grand scheme of everything and how you can possibly miss a bowl game if you don't win this game? But the coaches certainly understand how important this game is,
1: and I like that the players <laughs> don't realize the the full scope of of what a potential loss could mean uh, this weekend. And I also like that they they don't necessarily know what you know the the win could do either. My, my point being that I like that the players don't realize the grand scheme outlook on the season with, with this game and and next game, Uh, because as a player, you you know, this better than anybody is, you you can't get caught up in, in, in all of that talk. You, You have to be locked in on, on this game and going out and handling your
0: business as such. For sure. No doubt about it. It's all about, you know, playing the next game and getting better making those corrections um, and they have plenty to correct from the Florida game, plenty to correct from the first four games all together. So you got to go out, you got to play as close as you can to mistake-free football. Uh, it's it never works out that way. You're always going to have mistakes, but you can't have mistakes like you did against Florida, and you certainly can't have it like you did against Pittsburgh because when you're playing better teams and you make mistakes, it get you beat. And Missouri is a team that could be looking at themselves right now, saying we should be three and one. Um, I mean, they were moving the ball up and down the football field against B.C. there in the first half. Um, Connor like had 300-something yards passing. Uh, as a team, that had 300 yards passing. Did not run the football well. They only had 88 yards uh, for the entire game. But B.C. was gashing Missouri there in the first half, Ben. Um can Tennessee do some of those same things? I don't know, man, because Tennessee was able to run the football at times very, very well against a Florida defensive line. Uh, That's certainly better than B.C.'s and Missouri's. So which which Tennessee running game are we going to see on Saturday? Uh, I think the passing game should be good for Tennessee, watching Missouri's DBs. Um, number eight is a redshirt sophomore, but he he doesn't move as well as I think our Tennessee receivers. The Tennessee receivers move. Uh on the other side um they have a red shirt senior uh corner number twenty-six and his change of direction is a little questionable. He, he gets he gets worked by a true freshman undersized receiver there at BC there in the first half. So I think there's opportunities based on the personnel from BC. Now, our receivers haven't played necessarily great in the first four games either, but there is a, a matchup advantage, I think, for us if we use it. And it doesn't matter how open guys are if you don't have time to throw the football. So a lot of it uh, may be predicated on the health of Henry Hooker. Um, if he can't go, what is Joe Milton going to, to, to be asked to do? Uh, will he be asked to play to his strengths or will he be asked to do something that clearly he is struggling with doing right now? That's throwing um, you know, 15 yards down the field or more with accuracy. So uh, I see an opportunity for sure for Tennessee, Ben.
1: I see an opportunity, but there's also some worrisome headlines at the beginning of, of this week. You mentioned the run game and Tennessee being able to run the football on Florida that was in large part because of Cooper Mays, in my opinion, just his presence and uh, that allowing Jerome Carvin to slide back over to left guard. And just aside from, from pure football, the, the, the tempo and communication Cooper Mays is, is excellent in those areas of pushing the tempo and uh, in terms of communication, making sure his guys are all where they need to be and understand, understanding the assignment and, we talked about it yesterday. Before Cooper re-injured his lower extremity injury, Tennessee was running the ball extremely well, and and then Cooper gets banged up again, and really when he comes out of the game, it, it, Tennessee didn't run it as effectively. They still had some uh, ten plus yard rushes, but it, it wasn't as not easy, but it wasn't as smooth as it was when, when Cooper was in there and looked to be healthy. And I, I think his, his availability this week is in serious question. I, I I would say that he's extremely doubtful to play. So that that brings into question the running game once again because you saw him out against Pittsburgh. You saw him out against Tennessee Tech, and Tennessee wasn't able to to run the football the way that they – did before he got hurt against Bowling Green or even in the Florida game before he re-injured his, his injury. So that's a huge, huge concern of mine going into the game and uh, really unfortunate because it looked like Tennessee's running game really started to turn the corner with Jabari Small coming back, Tyon Evans um, continuing to, to see his workload increase. I thought those two looked really good. line looked good. And then it's like back to, back to where we were when Cooper got hurt. So that's a huge concern. And then Hendon as well, because as you and I talked about yesterday, he's 100%, no doubt in our minds, QB one, and it should be QB one. And I, I wonder how much of Josh Heupel's comments yesterday about not knowing whether he'll be available on Saturday's gamesmanship. You and I talked about that after the show uh, off the air that, I, that I actually thought that Heupel was, was going to say those exact words or something along those lines to, to maybe keep, Missouri on your toes just because you want to play the little side games going going into the game. So uh, I, I do wonder how much Heupel's comments about Hooker is, is gamesmanship. But if if Hooker's availability is in doubt, uh, then that, that's a serious concern as well. Because I, I don't think there's any doubt that he's the best quarterback on on this roster right now.
0: Yeah, when Heupel is talking, man, there's there's not much you can take from what he says at the press conferences. Um, I mean, I was, I was watching yesterday and listening yesterday, and it was – I didn't take anything from it. Um, like, I mean, you've mentioned this before, but now I see why Orlando media was, was not necessarily crying or sad when he was leaving because you don't get anything. You, you don't get anything from, from what he says. Now, obviously, it's different when he's talking to his team and his players, and that's all that matters. And it's different when he's maybe addressing a group of, of people other than the media. And that's important, too, when you're the head coach of Tennessee. But when he's talking to the media, man, it's, he doesn't even answer questions directly. No. <laughs> no. I don't think that's hype away from
1: the podium. Uh, I I've seen a different hypo away from the podium. I, I just don't think he wants to reveal a ton about his football team because he wants to play the game within the game. Doesn't, doesn't want to tip off anything to the opponents. So I, I get it from the head football coach standpoint, but on, on this end as media, as, as a fan wanting insight on certain things happening or, or updates on players, how players are progressing, uh, it, it is frustrating. But I, I get it from the head coaching standpoint.
0: A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I would do the same thing if I'm Josh Heupel. I, mean, yep. I wouldn't I wouldn't give the opponent anything that's going to help them beat me, considering where my team is right now and where this program is. Um, I need every single advantage I can take. That will be my approach. But I was watching and listening. I was like, man, he is He is. He is answering the question the way he wants to answer it, and not even answering questions directly. And, hey, listen, uh, at the end of the day, you control the interview. When you ask the questions. you can say whatever you want to say. But uh, for those that are looking for, like, real answers from the game Saturday, as you were watching yesterday, you're not you, – you, you wasn't going to get them. And I'm sorry, there's just nothing from that interview that that answered a lot of questions about Saturday in detail. It was about just making the plays and capitalizing. Well, yeah, duh, we know, we know that. So um, don't get your expectations up. I know some folks were talking about the question he was asked about the quarterback's health, and would that mean that Harrison Bailey would, you know, Get ready to go, and he like he didn't even acknowledge Harrison Bailey, which tells me that the quarterbacks are healthier than what people think.
1: Yeah, that that was one one question in which Josh Heupel just did not want to dive into whatsoever. And, and again, I, I get it. I would do the same thing if if I was Josh Heupel. I I don't want Missouri knowing the the status of my quarterbacks going in. To the weekend, I, I would not want them to know at all because I, I don't think that there's a quarterback competition between Joe Milton and Harrison Bailey for QB two. I, I I think it's Joe Milton, and if if you sit there and 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 say that hey Harrison Bailey may may play, he may be QB two, then Missouri can. It, I guess it's kind of a double edged sword, Wayne. I'd be curious to hear your angle on, on what I'm about to say, because if Hyper were to say that, yeah, Harrison Bailey's in the mix, he could, he could try out there and, and play. Then on one side of the coin, that's more prep that Missouri has to do. You, you have to account for Harrison Bailey. Missouri would, would scheme up and, and game plan uh, certain things for if, if Harrison Bailey's in the game, but on the other side of that coin, because you are (laughs) essentially telling them, Hey, you better get prepared for Harrison Bailey. Then they will be prepared for Harrison Bailey.
0: And then, and you you creating a quarterback controversy. Yes. When you really don't need one, or there's no reason to have one right now because you have, you have Hinton Hooker that is playing right now at a starter level, uh, better than the other two guys. So, um that was what stood out to me yesterday during during the presser. um you are correct man i did watch b c and missouri and you know b c did a really good job in the running game um missouri missouri on on third down uh, they'll show some pressure they will come after the quarterback uh they did that um in a key moment there in the first half. One thing that BC did that helped them win is that they bowed their neck in the red zone. Missouri didn't have much problem running, you know, not running football, but moving the football through the air. They didn't have much problem. Um, Connor Bates does a good job. He doesn't key in on one receiver. He doesn't have necessarily a, f- a favorite guy that he's willing to throw the ball to when there's other guys open. He spreads the ball out. At one point, man, he threw the ball to like 9 or 10, 11 different receivers uh, there in the first half. So he is comfortable in the offense. He's going to take what the defense gives him. You saw that uh, in the Missouri-BC game. So Tennessee has to do a really good job of when Mizzou does catch the ball from a pass, you got to make the tackle. You can't miss tackles you don't necessarily know exactly where he's going to go with the football because he is going to the option that is given to him. He didn't try to force things too much um, the entire game, but he did wind up having a couple turnovers. Um, But Mizzou's going to pass the football. And -hmm. the pass rush for Tennessee, can we – can we bring that out? Now I thought Tennessee's defensive line did better than what we expected against Florida, but gotta have more than one sack. You gotta you gotta get Connor Bays like off his spot. Don't let him be comfortable in the pocket because if he's comfortable, he's stepping into throws. Most quarterbacks are gonna are gonna be accurate and hit those. So Tennessee has to get pressure on Connor Bays like. Tennessee's defensive line. This is a perfect coming out party for for you. Mizzou can't run the football, but they can they can pass block a little bit. But this is a perfect opportunity for Tennessee's defensive line. Ben,
1: one of the the more puzzling storylines to come out of the Florida game for me was the lack of Byron Young, and not necessarily production. There there was a, a severe lack of production from, from Byron Young, but he was, bar- he was barely on the field. I was kind of surprised by the lack of snaps for Byron Young, and is is that you know, Tennessee trying to knock the rust off of him? I think it's the fact that because of the, the two games that he couldn't play, maybe Tennessee just doesn't necessarily trust him to, to throw him out there right now, because I, I don't know why he's not on the field more. Uh, Tyler Barron, I, I like Tyler Barron and he should continue to play but it, it was a heavy dose of of Tyler Barron and those two guys do play the, the same position so again, Tyler Barron has a leg up because he he was in the games in, in which Byron Young wasn't and was making plays against Pittsburgh, against mm-hmm. Bowling Green uh, but the, I guess what surprised me more so was that Roman Harrison played as, as much as he did uh, in, in Byron Young wasn't in there. So you want to talk about a coming out party. This needs to be a coming out party for, for Byron young. Um, And really the, those Tennessee edge defenders, because I do think that Tennessee's defensive line played well against Florida's offensive line. I know the, the Florida rushing stats are, are lofty. They, they don't look good if, if you're Tennessee, but those, those rushing yards came from Emory Jones getting out of the pocket because either coverage was great downfield and and Tennessee's front seven didn't do a good job containing Emory and keeping him in the pocket, and and they allowed him to get out and and scramble down the field. He had the big 47-yard chunk rush towards the end of the game in the fourth quarter. Uh, When I think it was Roman Harrison was in the game, Roman just – completely forgot that he had to set the edge and sold out for, not sold out, but was was watching the back the whole time and just did not account for Emory Jones. And Emory Jones saw saw Roman crash and saw a wide open field behind him and and, and took off. So uh, a lot of Florida's rushing production came from Emory Jones and his just natural ability to, to get out of the pocket. It wasn't Florida lining up and the offensive line just manhandling Tennessee's defensive line. That, that's, that's not what happened. And Tennessee's going to have to do a good job of, of that this week as as well because Missouri has a nice back in Tyler Beatty. Mm-hmm. He, he is one of the more underrated players in in this league because of who he plays for. And unfortunately for him, he runs behind a below-average Missouri offensive line but he he's a guy that can hurt you out of the backfield as a pass catcher, running the football. Uh, Tennessee is really going to have to account for him and slow him down because aside from Connor Bays, like he's he's their best option. He, he's their best playmaker.
0: Let's um let's let's go to the phones, uh, Ben. And for those that that are calling, we'll call today uh, because Ben is in Hot Atlanta. He went to the. J Cole hip hop rap concert. He's a hip hop connoisseur. Ben man works his tail off, man. So I'm, 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 I hope you had a great time. I'd Love to hear about it here in a little bit. Um, but let's go to the phones uh, because Ben is not here and, and I'm in the studio. Um, if, if you're calling, uh, as soon as you call him, put you on hold and then bring you on. Just tell us you know your name and where you call from, and that's how we'll do it today. So um, good morning. Who do we have?
2: Good morning. This is Andy. I'm in Knoxville.
0: What's up, Andy? Good morning.
2: <laughs> not, not much, man. Good morning. Um, I had a, a quick question for you. Um, yesterday I was listening and I mainly get to hear hour one. That's just what falls in my commute time to work. Mm-hmm. But, um, I try to catch the podcast when I can, of course, but, um, regardless in hour one, you were, uh, you seem more frustrated with uh wide receiver play, um, and uh some carryover, maybe some practice habits or some habits, whatever's going on in the throw sessions. I don't know, but um, I saw another media member that went and- watched the game and, and this media member uh not a former receiver, so uh take it for what it is, but they gave the receivers like i think it was like a b or a b minus grade um. And and do you do you feel like that's maybe being a little generous? What grade would you have given them for the Florida performance?
0: Uh, I gave a, I gave them a D yesterday, and I was being generous. Um, when when someone asked me what the grade should be, I gave them a D. But you know, I see. Obviously, I'm going to see the game differently because I played the position. So what many people think, oh that's good, I'm looking at it going, no, that's that's terrible, that's bad. Dr- when you have multiple drops. And your job is catching football. How do you give? How do you give that group a B? It ma- that makes no sense to me. So, no, I was I was harsh on the receivers, and I thought I was fair because you had a key drop on fourth down and five that turned the game in the opposite direction. This has been a consistent thing for the last four games of receivers dropping passes, of not being tough, not blocking in the run game the way that they, 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 they we could. Um, so, yeah, the receivers right now. Are the weakest link,
2: right? Right. I mean, I have to agree. And and um, I want to ask you. I haven't really been paying attention to this. Uh, do you feel like they're blocking effectively downfield at all no. for a run attack?
0: No, I think I think they're being soft in the running game because
2: that's going to be a big deal for those second levels. I mean, you know, we're doing good on our first initial bust, you know, through the middle when when we do get some good blocking, but. Those deep runs, we're gonna have to block the
0: second level players. Yeah, but I mean, scheme wise, I don't, I don't know if we're always asked to block ferociously either. I mean, there's times when our receivers are lined up at basically two or three steps from the sideline, and a, a running players ran, and our guys they just take that 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 play as a break. Now, when you look at other teams play offense, there there's no break for the DB. I'm after your butt in the running game, and I'm certainly after your butt in the passing game because I want to make you work for 60 minutes. Now, this offense makes DBs work differently. you got to work every single play, lining up uh, quick, fast. And so it's worth giving our receivers a little blow, even if it gives you a little blow, because we know that we're going to put pressure on you and your conditioning in other ways. So, yeah, I mean – the receivers, there's no way I'm giving them a B. <laughs> you know, Javante Payton had a great had a great catch and run, but that was that was that was scheme, man. Scheme got Javante open, not taking anything away from Javante, but that scheme um in play design was fantastic. Javante made the catch, scored a touchdown. Again, I'm not taking anything away from him. But that's different than one on one versus someone that is a corner, you make a guy miss. Boom! You you are showing unbelievable effort. You're straining like we just we just don't see a lot of that at that position. So I'm sorry I'm not giving any passing grade to a group that their job is to catch and you have multiple drops. Like if the offensive line gave up five sacks, how how could we sit here and give the offensive line um, you know a B? That makes no sense to me. So I'm you know I'm not trying to. Come on to come down on these guys um and 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 be too harsh, but I'm not gonna lie. Because I don't think it's fair to you. And I just don't think it's fair, period. Like everyone everyone has eyeballs. They're not playing at a high level. This is Tennessee. There's a lot of Tennessee fans that have watched receivers play at a high level here, and they know that's not it. So I'm not gonna even attempt to lie and, and 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 try to trick our listeners. That's not fair. So, no, nah, man, it ain't good enough. It can't continue, and if it does, this offense will will rely on Josh Heupel having a scheme up. Offensive plays perfectly to only score fourteen points.
2: Do you feel that they're uh, putting in the the time in the off season? Not Do you enough. You feel like they put in what was needed? Not enough. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Not enough.
0: You can think. Here's the thing: you can think you are doing what you're supposed to do. You can think because you you don't know. You can think.
2: Well, I think there. I think there's a a inspiration out there where he says, uh, and I think he might have done it on your show where he said, anybody can do what's required. Anybody can wake up and do what's required. If you want to be great, you got to go above. You got to do more because you know any average Joe. Clocking in and out every day on XYZ football team is is running, you know, the regular route treats. So, you got
0: to go above that. Well, well, Andy, I'll tell you this. My first three years, I thought I was working hard. Like, I thought I was doing everything I needed to do to be the best receiver I can be. And I didn't have a problem with drops in my career. But I was only doing what I was told to do. And my receiver coach was let go in 05, my junior year, after – the group did not perform well, and we went five and six, and when you go five and six, people got to be fired, and that's just the way it is. Well, when I got new wide receiver coach, we were told, you catch a hundred balls a day this is this is what you do and then I decided on Tuesday and Thursdays when we threw that we're also going to have a receiver individual session. So not only did we did we throw as a team. But I basically took the wide receivers myself and, being you know how you go to practice and you see, like, individual periods? Like, yep. I would have my own individual period about 30 minutes. And we had a um, an assistant from the strength staff that at first was, was kind of running it. I told True, man, he's getting in my way. He's slowing us up. I don't need him. I got it. And so then it was, it was just me. But like we did like we did like practice sessions, individual sessions as a group. And we worked on blocking. We worked on all right, here's a play. What angle are we taking? All right, we're working on slants today. All right, we're working on slants versus off, we're working on slants versus press, working on slants versus 2, working on slants versus like in a goal line situation. Like we we broke down routes that detail But the reason why is because Troop told us to do it. Troop told us to do it, and I just took it a little bit further. So it ain't the fact that the group is lazy. Maybe they just don't know. There may be some lazy guys in the group. Um, But the reason why the ball is hitting the ground is because your practice habits are not right, there's a lack of concentration, and you you are allowed to continue to do that. It, I do not yeah. believe that we're catching everything in practice, doing everything right in practice, and then in the games. Oh, bad luck, man! Just not focusing in in the game. It Doesn't work that way. You're a creature of habit, and these are habits. That's just, all I have.
2: Uh, the thank game. you for taking my call, guys. Ben, hope
0: you had fun, man. Have a good day. Yeah, Ben. Tell us about the tell us about the uh, the concert. Thanks for the phone call, Andy.
1: Yeah, appreciate you, Andy. Hope you have a great day. The concert was awesome. J Cole, awesome! One of my uh, absolute favorite musical artists. I, I'm I'm a big believer that music can can really help somebody get through some some tough times or uh, lift some spirits. And I'm just a big believer in in music being good for the soul. And J Cole is one of my guys that I just always go to if I, I need somebody to uplift me or get me through the day or um you know just the the everyday struggles of life. He he he's been one of those guys that's always kinda helped me get through it. So I, I was glad I was able to to go watch him last night and, and he was awesome as advertised and it, it was a real good time.
0: What time did you, what time did you get to uh, <clears throat> what time did you get
1: to bed, man? Uh I think it was Two. Ooh. but it wasn't my it wasn't because I was like out partying or, or something the concert didn't start until like an hour and 20 minutes after it was supposed to it, it was supposed to start at 8 obviously J. Cole isn't the only guy performing there were, there were two others uh, performing and uh, they, they were still doing sound checks <laughs> when, when people were coming into the arena they they had the curtains up and weren't allowing people to go to their seats for a couple minutes and they were running behind uh, in, in typical tour fashion. They always do that, man. Uh, yep. So J Cole didn't go on stage until like eleven eleven thirty and perform for I guess an hour or so and then walking to the car and traffic and driving to the hotel, checking in. And
0: what was what was where was the concert?
1: At State Farm Arena
0: with a oh, Hawks okay. play. With a Hawks play, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's real nice. I saw
1: Trey Young, yelled at him, told him that Ja Morant's better.
0: <laughs> I mean, you would only be telling the truth if you said that. <laughs> Ja's better. Ja's better, Trey. Ja's better. Oh man. I'm glad it you was, was cool. I'm glad you were able to do that, cool. man. My my last concert was like two thousand and three. And it was, like, outside. It was in, um, I want to say it was in Nashville. It was 2003. This is when, like, Kanye first, first came out. And um, so there was, like, an outdoor theater type. And we went to Nashville for, like, community service or something uh, as a freshman. So we checked out Kanye for a little bit. Uh, before then, my last concert was in Huntsville. I was in high school. And, dude, it was a cash money concert is in Huntsville cash money concert Jaheim was also there R&B artist that we're Timlin boots with with jean shorts uh but he was there uh genuine was there so it was genuine Jaheim and cash money and this was like when Lil Wayne was like you know, a lot younger um but I'll never forget that man all concerts start off start start late man it's just the way it is so I'm yes, uh, glad you all, had a good time. All start late I
1: appreciate it. I'm not a. I'm not a big concert person. I haven't been to a ton. I, I think this was my second or third. And uh, there, there are very few artists in any genre that I would travel to go see. And J Cole's the, the
0: one of the, the two or three that I would. So I, I was glad to mark this off the bucket list. He was awesome. Yeah. Uh, Vol P58 says, "Hey, Swain, can Mizzou's quarterback evade pressure like Emory? No." Connor, Connor, base like can move, with, you know, move around, but he's no Emory Jones. He is no Emory Jones. But you do have someone that is better for in the pocket, and Mizzou did not give up a sack against BC. Not saying BC has Dwight Freeney or Derek Barnett, uh, who, by the way, still is getting personal foul calls and penalties <laughs> in the NFL. Did you Shocker. see? Did you see where the the Eagles coach was like, it's always him? <laughs> I did not see that. Yeah, he he bowed it. Uh and he was like, It's always him. So the Eagles maybe getting tired there, Barnett getting getting those type of flags, <laughs> man. I think they That's they, a new coach too. They're getting tired of it. They're getting tired of it. Um GBO says Jimmy Hams reported seventy-eight players on scholarship, not seventy-one. Um, but they are counting D'Angelo Gibbs and Carlin Fields and me. Um, The number's in the 70s, and what I was told ain't 78. It's not high 70s. It's more like low to mid-70s. So I didn't even know Carlin Fields and me was even – like I saw where he hit the transfer portal. I was like, uh, I thought he was already in there. (laughs) I thought he was done with college. I thought he was on another team already. I didn't even know that it was still a thing that he was on the team. I ain't heard about him in forever. I f- totally forgot about him.
1: Yeah, I I did too. I, what what signing class? I think he was the sixteen signing class, maybe fifteen. I mean, he's he's old. a throwback. Yeah, he's old. <laughs> he, he 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 was in. He, he got there when I was in, in school. <laughs>
0: Bro, he is twenty four years old. He committed to Tennessee in two thousand and fifteen. Two thousand and fifteen, man. Carlin Fields to me is old, but it was, he was a Emmett good teammate. Tyler Bird. He was a good teammate. He 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 worked his butt off. He didn't create any issues. Um, I mean, he came from Florida. I'm pretty sure he felt like he could have went somewhere else and got more burned, maybe used differently. But I will say, man he he did what he's supposed to do off the field and was a good teammate. I just, I just, I thought he was somewhere else already. So yeah, that scholarship number last time I uh, had asked uh, over there and talked it talked with someone over there, it was like mid seventies, low seventies. It wasn't seventy eight. Big Bad Voodoo Nate says he worked for the event staff at Bridgestone from 98 to 03. Mystical performed there and wouldn't go on till he got his money. <laughs> Prince played there one time and wouldn't play until the floor people were seated. He didn't start until 11 p.m. So, man, oh, it's, always, it's always late. Those concerts are always late, man. All right, let's go to the phones right quick and then we'll take a uh, a break at the top of the hour. Uh good morning. Who do we have there?
2: What's going on, guys?
0: Dave Tona. Dave Tona, what's up, man? Uh, not a
2: whole lot. Hey, uh one thing that I noticed from the game, and correct me if I'm wrong, there why were we playing off the receiver so much? It seemed like that there was there was guys open ten, fifteen yards, and we were still behind them. I mean, when 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 don't you tighten that up? Move your corner. Why don't we ever play press?
0: Well, playing 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 off allows you as a corner. Now, if it's third down and ten, and you're playing off, no, if it's third down, excuse me, if it's third down and five, and you're playing off twelve, and then you just let dude run a, a hitch route for a first down. Then yeah, I got some problems with that. You got another down distance. Be more aggressive, but uh, when you play a little bit off, uh, you allow you allow the corner to be able to. To, to see the quarterback. Uh, also, most of your routes are ran um, between that five to ten mark, intermediate routes, and you make it easier on a guy like Emory Jones if you press him, press the receiver, and the receiver beats you. He just throws it over the top. So it's it's actually harder for the quarterback when you have a corner play play a little bit off and play some zone, mix it up a little bit. So I don't have a problem with with the way our corners are playing, playing off, honestly, Dave Toner.
2: Well, it just seemed like there was so many, so many plays that was, you know, ten or fifteen easy yards, and, and you know, another three or four yards before our corner got to them.
1: What I noticed as the problem was that in in this zone that Tim Banks was was running out there, is that the guys weren't necessarily communicating all that well when, when there were a couple of Chunk passing plays. It was because uh, one DB thought the other DB was going to pick up his his man going from from one area of the field to the next. And for the most part, I thought Tennessee's secondary played well. Again, uh, a lot of Emory Jones's rushing yards came off of great coverage down the field of of him not having anywhere to go with the football, and he got out of the pocket and was able to run around and make some plays. So Florida's receivers weren't open a ton, but Daytona, there were a couple where Tennessee was playing a soft zone and uh, the, the Florida receiver did a good job of identifying an open spot in the zone and throttling down and, and, and sitting in the zone and Emory Jones hit them a couple of times. But uh, that, that was what I noticed in terms of Tennessee's past defense is guys didn't pass off a Florida receiver. Uh, all that well seemed to be a little confusion on that.
0: I mean, if we're talking about sitting down in zones, that has nothing, that 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 has little to do with playing press or playing yes. up on a receiver. I mean, sitting down in the zones that simply means that a a, a receiver running either a crossing route or or intermediate curl route, dig route in his zone, and he's sitting down, giving the quarterback his his numbers. There was one play where. Dan Mullen is jumping on number 12 because he didn't didn't sit down. Or maybe he did sit down and he's supposed to run through it, one of the two. Um, but he did not read the defense correctly. And Dan Mullen, as he was coming off the sideline on fourth down, was talking to him about making sure that he did the right thing. So I, to answer your question directly, Dave, uh, Daytona, I didn't have a problem with how um, – We played our alignment, man. We don't have Deion Sanders, who can play press and play man-to-man all over the field. We don't have Darrell Revis, so this defense is a bend but don't break defense. We knew that kind of going into the season, and they have they've they've held their own um, this football season. They have done better than what we expected. Uh, I thought Alante did a really good job of forcing a, a turnover there, ripping the ball out on on the Florida wide receiver. So. Yeah, I just there's there's things to point at for sure from the football game of a reason why we were unsuccessful. I don't think I'm putting the alignment of our DBs up there at the top. That's just me.
2: Well, one of the things we can put up there is man. Some there was a lot of missed tackles. Yeah, for sure, for sure.
0: Definitely put that up there. That should be at, you know at the top. But our defense is wearing out, man. They're wearing down and offensively, when you, don't, when you don't take care of business and you have three and outs, um, at some point, the defense is going to wear out. I don't care how conditioned you are. I don't care how much you run. If you play too many snaps on defense, a defense will, will wear down. Uh, when you get tired, your, your fundamentals goes out the window. And we started to see there in the second half more and more missed tackles. Why is that? Because you didn't see it in the first half. Well, it has to be because of fatigue, and it's not because okay. you're out of shape. It's just because, hey man, you get you get worn down. You're playing a bunch of snaps.
2: All right, guys. Well, y'all have a great, blessed day.
0: Hey, okay, thank you, Daytona man. 865-255-03 is our telephone number. Swing event fueled by Dead End Barbecue. We'll take a quick time timeout. Got everything back normal technology wise so apologize for uh, the first of the hour but we have things going now we'll take our first break of the day it's Wayne Event fueled by Daddy and Barbecue stay with us
2: Wayne event crew as the weather heats up so does our market and from Johnson City to Knoxville eager buyers are grabbing up many available properties the chili is hot in East Tennessee so if you are ready to buy or sell or want to talk more about our local real estate market I'm just a phone call away or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com and go vols
0: For a replay of East Day's Swain Event TV, like us on Facebook. Twain Event, com Fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America, 865-255-03. Hope you're having a great, great morning. Been with Q, Jason Swain Yeah, I just I did not have a problem with the alignment of the DBs. Um, we're not going to play. We're not a press, press you up type of, of defense. We can't, we can't be. We, we we don't we don't have the guys that can that can do that consistently. There's times, there's opportunities when you can do that, um, but lining up and just doing it consistently, that's that's not that's not our game. Um, so I don't expect that at all. Neil Mafia says blank Tim Tebow. Why is Valis Jones not utilized more? I think he may have the best, most trusted hands on the team. Every time the ball goes his way, he is wide open in middle of the football field. Also, with his size and wiggle, he would have been a heck of a running back. Hard to disagree with that one, Ben. I mean, I think he's he, him and Tyon Evans are the best ball handlers that we have. And then you throw in Jabari Small. And what I mean by ball handlers, I'm not talking about like basketball, point guard, anything like that, you know, doing an n one mixtape or showing us your crossover and spin move. I'm talking about a guy that makes the most happen with the ball in his hand. I think that's Valus Jones. I think that's Jabari Small along with Tyon Evans.
1: Completely agree. Completely agree. There, there There's just a difference when tie on and, and Valis have the ball in their hands. You just, you, you feel like they are about to, to break a tackle and, and break off a big play. I mean, even on the Tyon Evans, 47 uh, yard touchdown reception on the screen on, on third down against Florida. Uh, it, it was a great time to, to call that play in that situation. And, Tyon didn't necessarily get the best help in the world in terms of, of his blockers getting out in space and, and getting uh, in the way of somebody. Darnell Wright somewhat got in the way of, of somebody, but you, you had a couple of linemen out there trying to, to block in space. You had some receivers down the field trying to block for, for Tyon, and, and nobody really had a dominating block.
0: Maybe really helped. They did a really the job, the job. You can't. It's hard to ask an uh, elephant to go block a mouse in space.
1: I get it. I get it. I mean, I'm just saying, like, even within the parameters of the play, like, it wasn't like three, he had three lead blockers just opening up massive holes. He had to he had to have some wiggle and, and make some guys miss to to, to break away from the Florida defense and go in and score. Darnell Wright did a good job. I'm not trying to discredit him because he, like you said, he's a big old boy and an elephant in space. And he, he chipped, uh, I think it was a DB just enough to, affect him and and really help spring Tyon. But my, my point is that it just wasn't there weren't guys out there just dominating blocks. Tyon had to to show a little wiggle and, and get upfield quickly. And he did. And he just has a he has a burst of speed that I didn't really anticipate, Swain. I, I don't know if he's kind of surprised you in, in that regard. He's he's quicker than I thought he would be.
0: Man, I I love watching Tyon play. I really do. Um I think he's the closest thing on this football team to Juwan Jennings as far as the grit, the toughness, the dog mentality. Um I, I love I love watching I love watching Tyon play. And and listen, Lante, you know, he plays with toughness, he plays with grit, he plays with toughness as well too. So, um it it's, I don't want to I don't want to leave him out, but offensively is the easier easy comparison because Jawan played offense, but uh, Tyon's closest thing, man, of offense to to Juwan Jennings. I love watching him run the football. Uh, the play where the helmet gets knocked off, and I mean, he's not even he's not even on the ground because he's churning, he's clawing, he's fighting, he's scratching for every single inch that he can possibly get because he understands the magnitude of this football game while protecting the football. So, huge Tyon Evans fan. I'm uh, glad that we have him here at Tennessee because Tyon Evans, I think is one of the few guys on our football team that you can see playing at other schools in the SEC that are better than us. Well,
1: I was going to say at the, at the next level, I, I think Tyon Evans can make an NFL roster and I, I, he just does such a great job of keeping his feet going. And, and that's something that I noted when I went back in and, and watched the game. And uh, you've seen that from him earlier this season, as well, but on every single play, his feet do not stop moving until he is on the ground and, and he's laying horizontal and not standing up vertical. And it really reminds me of John Kelly. It, it really does. And I, I know I've compared Jabari Small to John Kelly as well. I, I did over the offseason. Uh, Jabari Small, his runs, the, the the few that he had last year reminded me of John Kelly just way he runs so mean and, and refuses to be brought down. Tennessee has two guys that, that have that mindset back there, Jabari Small and Tyon Evans, a little bit different in how they do so, but both refuse to be brought down and, and don't quit fighting on their run un, until the play is well over.
0: Yeah. yeah Ty, Tyon Evans, to me, could go play – at any school in the SEC, like I'm I think I'm comfortable saying that, like he would be in the three man rotation at any school in the SEC. I,
1: I think I agree. I, I mean, think listen, you talk about
0: him being an NFL he, back, he gotta be, he gotta be one well, of those yeah, guys but, that can play at well, any school.
1: I'm hesitating on Alabama because all of their five, six guys are NFL players. Well, <laughs> so. Yeah. Like just because I think Tyon's an NFL back doesn't mean he's going to crack the the three deep at Bama. Bama has fourth, fifth, and sixth stringers that are going to play in the NFL. <laughs> so, I but I, I do think that I, I think he would crack the the top three at, at Bama. Uh, Brian Robinson is Alabama's starting running back, and and he is really good. I, I I really like his game. So I don't I don't think he would play over Brian Robinson, but. After that, they've got some youngsters: uh, Jace McClellan, a sophomore; Roydell Williams, a sophomore; uh, Trey Sanders, a redshirt sophomore. And Trey Sanders, a former five-star, former number one running back in, in the country, uh, he he hasn't had the career that many thought he would because of injuries uh, on the field, and then last off season had to recover from a hip injury that he suffered in a car accident that nearly cost him his career. So I do agree with you. I just wanted to I just wanted to stop and, and think, but uh, I, I agree. I think Zion would, would be in the 3-D at Bama for sure.
0: I mean, I understand why you hesitated because, trust me, I was thinking about it long and hard before I even mentioned it. So <laughs> I was like, well, I don't know. I mean, at least every school except for Alabama. But, hey, man, the way he's been running the football, I mean – Guys, I mean, I—I'll
1: tell you the one that's interesting is actually Florida. I'd be curious to see where Tyon would slide into that Florida running back room because you—you you saw on Saturday against Tennessee, Damian Pierce, Naquan Wright, and uh, Malik Davis—they all three made plays uh, against Tennessee and have all season long. So, I mean, Florida's three are quite frankly better than Alabama's three. So, I'd be curious to see where. Tyon Evans would, would slide in to, to that trio because all three make plays in different ways. They're, they're all three very talented backs. I wonder how Tyon would slide
0: in there. Uh, big Orange123 says first day of baller vols. Let's go. Yes. Yes.
1: We can get excited now and then, never mind. I'm not going to go there.
0: Yeah, hey, I, I am excited about Tennessee basketball. Uh, another, another crop of. Of NBA qu- Talented players NBA quality players uh, Another recruiting class of, of five stars or four stars And 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 dudes that Are, are going to buy into The culture and play their butts off And man don't, don't get concerned with some of the the Distractions That other guys or Athletes are distracted with And concerned with They actually care about playing ball rather than seeing who got the most drip. So I, I'm, looking yep. forward, I'm looking forward yep. to seeing uh, the basketball team.
1: I am too. They, they have some interesting players, exciting players. John Fulkerson back for his yeah. 19th season of college basketball. Yeah, him
0: and Carlton Fields uh, and me, man. They came in together. Uh,
1: I know. I think Folky was here before Carlton Fields <laughs> uh, me. Uh, John Fulkerson played in that North Carolina game a couple of years ago in, in Chapel Hill. That, that's how long – uh John Fulkerson's been on this team back when since he was in Maui. <laughs> that seems forever ago. I'm excited to see if he can take a step forward. Kennedy Chandler is going to be electric. I mean, he has top five NBA draft potential, top ten potential for sure. Um you get you have returning guys that I'm excited to see. Josiah Jordan James, Victor Bailey, Santiago. You add Justin Powell. From Auburn, who's gonna be a stud. I would imagine that he starts. I'm excited to see what Olivier Camois does. He I, I hear that he's had a, a good off season and uh is looking really, really good. So uh Rick has always hyped up Olivier. So I'm 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 really intrigued to see if he can finally tap into that potential that Rick sees in him.
0: It hey, it it, it will be about time, right? He's a, he's a third year player. <laughs>
1: It, it would be about time. And I'm, I mentioned all those guys and, and didn't even mention Brandon Huntley Hatfield, a five-star, uh, Jonas Adu, borderline five-star, depending on which site you look at. Those are two big-time post players. Uh, I'm excited to see this kid from from the Bronx, uh, Zakai Ziegler, who uh, recently got to Tennessee, picked Tennessee as school, was starting and reclassified and, apparently he pushes Kennedy in practice all day long. He's just a a scrappy point guard from from New York City and I'm excited to see that
0: right. on right. on this
1: basketball team. A Yankee
0: just like you. Don That's Miller right. says crazy seems like uh, Josiah Jordan James has been here forever. No. No. Into his third year. Uh, but I mean he's been a, he's had to he's had to be like the one of the leaders as a true sophomore so he's certainly more mature than than most most uh, at his age. Uh, TC from Virginia says, again, I'm not a fan of more victories, but I was curious what you all thought about Dan Mullen saying how much different we were compared to last year with the fight, effort, and etc. I mean, I agree. I agree. I mean, we, we saw that in the first game. We saw that in the second game. We saw that all year. We certainly saw that on Saturday. So Dan Mullen didn't really say anything different than what we have said as fans Washington, Tennessee all, all four games, but uh, it is a, I guess a pretty nice compliment when your opponent is saying that about you. Um, he also said something that probably would hurt your feelings as a Tennessee fan. Not sure if he did it intentionally, but he was like, "Yeah, we was wrestling some guys, you know, to get him a hundred percent." And um, <laughs> I think I I saw. I'll I'll pull it up and show you tell you exactly uh what the what the quote was, but I don't think he like intentionally did it, but
1: doesn't that sound silly in hindsight because Tennessee was a dropped Jimmy Calloway pass on fourth and five. You can't one hundred percent say that Tennessee would would have scored on that drive, but like I talked about yesterday, I, I think Tennessee would have punched it in. And if if Tennessee does, it's a twenty four to twenty one ball game going into the fourth quarter. <laughs> so I don't know that I'd be admitting that if I were Dan Mullen. But also, people don't look at it that way. People see the score, the final score, and say, "Oh, same old, same old." Florida blew out Tennessee.
0: Yeah, it was it was Thomas Goldcamp from uh, the two four seven Florida side, and he had. Quoted Dan Mullen. He says, Dan Mullen today admitted Gators basically arrested key guys who were not 100% against the Vols. Adding insult to injury, defensive coordinator Todd Grantham just praised Kentucky's offense. It's a much more difficult challenge than, say, last week. So, I mean... It should be the more difficult challenge because Kentucky right now is a better football team, so
3: yeah,
0: it don't hurt my feelings. Yes.
1: Yeah, it just it, it doesn't hurt my feelings. It's just it's depressing. It, it's depressing. I, I never in my life thought that we would be hearing coaches make comments about how Kentucky is tougher of a matchup than Tennessee, and part of that is. That Kentucky has has really taken a step forward in football, but still, even with Kentucky taking a step forward in football, Tennessee shouldn't be behind Kentucky in football. It's just depressing.
0: Yeah, I think that's might be a good time to take a break there, Ben. Regroup emotionally. 25503 two hundred fifty five oh three. We'll be right back. Swain event. Feel about that and barbecue.